Welcome to the New Species Podcast. I'm your host, Zoe Albion. On this podcast, we learn about recent discoveries of species that are new to science, but not necessarily new to nature. We ask scientists how they found these new species and why they matter. We learn about what makes a new species and hear some behind-the-scenes stories along the way. So join us as we explore the biodiversity of our planet and the scientists who help us better understand it. Welcome to the New Species Podcast. I'm your host, Zoe Albion, and I'm here today with Javier Loban Rivera, conservation photographer and PhD candidate at the Universidade de Porto in Portugal. He's here today to tell me about his paper in the November 2nd issue of Zoochies, in which he and his co-authors describe a new species of gecko from Western Angola. Welcome, Javier. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hi. Hi. Thank you for for taking me here. So to start us off, can you tell us about how you began studying geckos in the first place? It seems like quite a niche uh, type of herpetology. Yeah, so I, I've been working in many different groups so far, but I was always focused in herpetology. And uh, when I started my PhD, I contacted with my now supervisor, that is Aaron Bauer, uh, that is like the father of geckos all around the world. Uh, so yeah, I started to be more focused on geckos. It was not something that it was planned, but I was I was always really passionate about this group because they are incredible. They have a lot of shapes. They have a incredible rates of diversification all around the world. So yeah, and and when I started to work in Angola, I just started to focus on geckos, geckos, geckos. Uh, I I I tried to collect geckos all across the country and yeah it sounds like it became a little bit of a passion or an obsession it is it is definitely <laughs> definitely um and the the geckos that you focus on in this paper are more specifically known as feather-tailed leaf-toed geckos so can you tell us what that means yeah sure so uh, the name is coming because uh, there was only one species known from this group that is uh, colecanus plumicaudus uh, the name Plumicaudus in Latin uh, means uh, feather tail, uh, and it's coming because they have an incredible adaptation in the tail with modified uh, scales that gives you the impression that it's like a feather. And the second part, the lift-out geckos, this is a huge group that they have um, a modification in the toe pad. Uh, the toe pads is the like the fingerprints of the um of the geckos uh, that have modified and looks like a leaf that's why it's coming that name it's lift of geckos and how big are they what do they look like well this this precise gecko it's like uh, five centimeters from snot to cloaca so it's quite a small super thin slender uh they looks really fragile Seems like it's going to broke like immediately, but that point, yeah, at the same time they're quite resistant. So, and when you're collecting them, do you have to be very gentle? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. They're really, really delicate, um, and I think, well, most of the small lizards in general, reptiles, um, they are quite sensible. So you have to be yeah, careful. 
Um, and when you collect them, do you just collect them by hand? Uh, yeah, basically, yes. Uh, when we found this species, uh, we knew that it was going to be a new species. So, yeah, we collect, well, the first time that we collect this was my colleague from Angola, uh, Pedro Bespinto, uh, that he found the first, I think he found four specimens. Um, and then we, get, we went back uh, to the same point and we found many more. Uh, and yeah, everything by hand. Wow. They're not like, like for example, like razor snakes, something like could be difficult. There are, geckos are not especially fast. Um, so you only need to find them. It's, it's, the, it's the tricky part of the, of the world. But when you, when you find them, it's not difficult to catch them. Yeah. So tell me about that. How do you find them? Well, we were working in Angola. Well, my colleague, he's working in Angola since many, many years ago. Uh, I started working in Angola four years ago, and we were collecting specimens all mainly all in the in the western part next to the coast. Uh, and yeah, we, we found it like really, really, really opportunistically. Uh, we went uh, he went back uh, to a place where we were two or three times before. Uh, and one night suddenly they show up. It's the incredible thing of Angola. It's like you can go to the same place many times and you can find something new every time. So, Could you talk a little bit more about what a Western savanna looks like? Well, uh, in, in Angola, it's really, really difficult to give you a picture of uh, how the savanna looks like. Uh, even worse in the coast uh, because it's really different. You have in the north more good lands where you can find a lot of baobas, acacias, uh, everything mixed together. When you start to go south, it starts to open a little bit. Um, different species of acacias and euphorbias. And when you go south, you definitely finish in the Namib Desert. That is completely and 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 we we make a, another study in Iona National Park, uh, when you can find how huge is the variation in the Namib Desert of Angola. So, yeah, it's difficult to tell like one picture of how the savanna looks or how the Caucobel or 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 the desert looks like. It's it's yeah, it's really variable. And so they're nocturnal, he said, and they, um, they're they just on the undersides of leaves or? No, no. They, well, this precise species. So it's it's important to know like uh, Colecanos is a genus that was monotypic. Uh, that means that it was only one species in the genus. And it was known from, well, it's known from the southern coast of Angola. It's an endemic species. Uh, associated with the Namib Desert of Angola. Uh, and then uh, this second species, um, it's more from the north. Both are associated with small bushes uh, growing from the rocks. Uh, and they can be found sheltering between the small thin branches. And do you just have to have a sense? I mean, I imagine myself going out um, and 
and trying to look in between these bushes and, and really having a difficult time, but you probably have a lot of practice. Do you just have like a, a sixth sense? Can you find the geckos pretty easily? Well, I think it's, as I told you, it's, sometimes it's a matter of lacking uh, because we were there and we didn't find it. So it's like sometimes you need to be at the right moment, at the right place, and then you see something jumping and then you say, oh, there is something there. You look more carefully and, and sometimes you find something and sometimes just fail. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, when you find something, it's exciting, you know? Oh, yeah. And you said you knew from the very first moment that these were a new species. Well, because as I told you, there, is, there was just only one species known, Colecanus plumicaudus, that has a really um, distinctive tail, uh, like a feather. And this new species, uh, the tail um, is modified and instead to be like a feather, it's more like it has like spines in in the, in the both sides of the tail. So it was like really an obvious thing that you would say, oh, they are beautiful. I think it's, well, when I started working in Angola, uh, my main target was to see a colecanos. Definitely. I want to see a colecanos. Uh, what I never expected is that I was going to find a new species of colecanos, definitely. Uh, but I remember the first time that I saw a, a Colecanos plumicagus in the wild was like, what the heck? How is this possible? You know? And like, when you see the geckos of Madagascar or something, this is like, you are aware that like, you are going to be, so, uh, you are going to see something super exciting. But the Colecanos plumicagus is completely unknown. And there were almost no photos oh, wow. of this species. Um, so I was really focusing in to find them and yeah, I've been lucky to find them definitely. Angola, specifically this environment that you're collecting in the savannas, this environment is, is very interesting. Uh, it's, it's very unique. Um, what is so special about it? Well, we still don't know what is so special, uh, but definitely it, it is special. We are finding in, in the, in the last, I would say five years, uh, we have described, well, me and other groups of people, but there have been described about 30 species, I think some, somewhere more, 30, 30 38 species um, of reptiles in Angola. So it's a lot. Um, and this is consequence, I would say, like all the coast from Angola to South Africa, uh, there's a huge amount of endemic species. Um, so it's it for sure it has something to do with um, desertification and expansion, regression, and all these things happening uh, in Western Africa. Uh, but the main thing is nobody knows how Africa looks like one million years ago, for example. And these species are probably from twenty million years ago. So what makes that special? We still don't know. We have some clues that can give you uh, uh, some ideas, but the fact is like uh, this huge amount of endemic species in Angola. That's really exciting. It is definitely it is. I, what I like of this work is not like describing species; it's trying to understand how they evolve and how they change their morphological traits or whatever. And I think we're taking 
a really nice biographic context uh, to try to understand what is going on. Another thing that your paper touches on is a really interesting biogeographical pattern. Can you talk about that as well? Well, this following a biogeographic pattern, I will not say prehistoric, but it could be like ancient uh, because Colecanos and other leaf-toed geckos uh, from mainland Africa are related with species from Madagascar and species from Australia. Uh, that means that it's something that has to do with the Indian Ocean uh, currents uh, that back in those days, uh, I think if I'm not wrong, this is a work of Hineke, uh, but is dated in the Eocene. Uh, the peninsula of India was more close and the currents were more together. Um, and that's when these species diversify. Um, the point is when we found these species, all the main, mainland Africa um, genera, uh, they were monotypic. And this is the first time that we found two species within one genus. So it's it's opening a box um, that will bring more research on this topic for sure. So will there be more collections in the future, trying to find more species? I hope so, yeah. I, I hope, yeah, science cannot stop, you know? <laughs> <laughs> if, yeah, if, 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 if they allow me to do it, I will go back to the field. This is what I love. And yeah, definitely. Can you tell us about how you and your team named this new species? Well, the 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 name it's uh, it's making reference to the to the tail uh, aspect. Uh, the spinicaudus means in Latin uh, spines in the in the tail. So that's how it is coming from. So such a visual name. Yeah, yeah, definitely. This is a really important discovery, not only for the group of geckos, but also for the biodiversity of Angola. So this is a, a really good example uh, that we don't know absolutely nothing about the biodiversity of Angola, because this is a species that, as, as we talk, is when you see one species and in one second you know that it's new, it's like nobody has seen that gecko never before. Because for sure, if someone has seen that gecko, it will be described already. So uh, for, for me, it's a huge, because sometimes you can think about cryptic species uh, or several species within one group that you cannot tell apart easily. That takes a lot of work. And sometimes you need to compare with huge amount of other species but with an example like this is like nobody was there and if they were there nobody have seen that gecko so that means like there's a huge region a huge amount of of landscape habitats uh, that need to be explored and for sure they are going to bring a lot of new species but now that everything goes in the direction of conservation, um, I think you cannot preserve. So, firstly, you cannot preserve nothing that you don't know. So it's important. It's really important to know um, the real biodiversity that is on Earth, 
uh, everywhere. Doesn't matter that it's rainforest, doesn't matter that it's a desert, doesn't matter. Like you need to know uh, why this species is there. Uh, doesn't matter that it's a mammal, it's a reptile, it's a bird, it's an insect. Everything is important. Uh, and this is the first thing, like try to infer the real biodiversity that we have, uh, because there are there are evidences that many species have extinct before they have been described or discovered. So this is the main reason. And the second one is like, um, when you want to preserve any species that you already known, uh, you need to know their evolutionary and the pattern that brings back uh, in the days because you need to understand why this species is there, how this species arrived there, and what is important in this species to keep evolving um, to survive. Because at the end of the day, the species survive in a continuous evolve process. I know that nobody gives a shit. Oh, this is not relevant. Oh, you are going to the desert to discover new species. It's like... Well, we are describing species, but for me, it's not the relevant thing here. For me, it's trying to understand uh, why is there is is that biodiversity in that precise place, or how the species have evolved to a precise ecosystem, and all these things that could help uh, to develop conservation plants at the end of the day. Definitely, especially in this area of such important and interesting biodiversity. And completely unknown. As I'm telling you, we, they are describing 38 species in, in, in the last five years. This is a lot. It's a lot. And that means that we don't have idea the real biodiversity in Angola. So you cannot make conservation plans uh, if you don't know what you have. So much more to learn. There's always so much more. Definitely, definitely. And, and mainly in this, there are some regions more needed than others. But yeah, I think Angola is one of those ignored countries in, in Africa. I'm really looking forward to what uh, you and your team do next. And um, I'm also really looking forward to seeing the rest of your really stunning photography. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Javier Lobon Rovier's paper, a new species of feather-tailed leaf-toed gecko, Colicanos, from the poorly explored savanna of western Angola, is in the November 2nd issue of Zookeys. See the episode details for an open access link to his paper, and to learn more about Javier and his work, you can check out his Instagram, J-A-V-I-L-B-N underscore wild photography. Thanks for listening to this episode of the New Species Podcast. This podcast was created by Brian Patrick and is edited and produced by Zoe Albion. If you would like to support us, please consider subscribing to our Patreon at patreon.com slash newspeciespodcast. And if you'd like to get in touch with questions or feedback, please email us at newspeciespodcast at gmail.com.